I'm Lisa. I'm Caleb. I'm Sean, and this is Watcher Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. And as a reminder, um, the show is not safe for kids. There will be cursing and all that fun stuff. So don't let your kids listen to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hello. Howdy. What are we drinking? Uh, what are you I'll drinking? Go- yeah. What am I drinking? Yeah, yeah you're cool. like admiring your beer. What is it? I'm doing a new thing for the podcast where I don't want to uh, drink the same variety pack every week. So I went to a cute little beer place in Richmond um, and I pick just based on the label now. Oh, Um, smart. (laughs) So can you see this? Is it a bulldog with his head out the window? Yeah, Yeah, it's a little it's so cute. Um, It's called Open Window. It's a double IPA with mosaic and citra and it's an eight percenter. what is the brewery? And a pint. Produced by Blue Jacket out of D.C. Um, so that is my beer tonight. And I already had one. And <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and my koozie says Bitchmond, Virginia with a possum. Oh, it's very cute. Amy and I got each other the same beer koozie for Christmas. So On accident? Aww. Yeah, by accident. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Pretty cute. That's fake. Yeah. I know. I know. How about you, Shawnee? Um, so as I was explaining to you guys before we started recording, um, I have to be on some like medicine right now for an illness that will not quite go away. Uh, so when we had a party back around December, um, someone left like those like non-alcoholic canned cocktails, like one randomly in my fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a non-alcoholic Paloma. By Beckett's. Oh. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't had it yet, but I needed something non-alcoholic because I can't have a ton of alcohol on medicine. So here we are. What's a Paloma? Is that grape? It's, it's tequila grape- and grapefruit. And like, it's usually like a soda water mm. as well. Not always like a. Caleb, weren't we trying to figure out what a Paloma was not that long ago? Nah, your soda was Pomelo. Pomelo. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that also kind of a grapefruit? It is a different type of so a grapefruit is a hybrid between a pomelo and an orange. Oh. So the pomelo is like OG. It's like you need a fucking medical degree to open the thing. It's like it's like a two-inch thick rind and it's a less sweet grapefruit. Anyway, so Sean posted an Instagram story where she was drinking a pomelo soda and I got excited. Yeah. But you yeah. were reading it as Paloma. I was. Well, I wish I still had that soda because this is actually pretty gross. Yeah, um, I, was, uh, I wasn't expecting that to be tasty at all. It's uh, it's not. Yeah. It's not. But I'm going to keep drinking. Right? I feel, Lisa, this is how you feel every week. Yeah. <laughs> I understand yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what all right, have? Lisa, yeah. Um, I am also not drinking tonight oh. Um, because I have to work early tomorrow. I have a, I'm running a, um, I'm guiding tomorrow, so. Um, Where are you headed? Uh, we're just heading up to the pass. Um, it's supposed to like dump rain. So it should be yeah. uh, really entertaining. Um, but either way, um, and I don't have a super early morning. I just don't like to drink before I have to guide because I don't like to be. Um, I just don't like feeling like I have to be operating at like 200% while I'm also like, um, so I'm drinking tea. What, what kind, kind of tea do you have? Um, it's a raspberry hibiscus tea that I put a little lemon in as well. All right. All right. 
What are we uh, <laughs> talking about today? I'm excited. We're talking about goblins, which is a topic like I have wanted to do forever. I feel like every time we talk about what we're going to do next, I'm like, can we do goblins? Can we do goblins mm-hmm. soon? Um, and it's because I have since like my later years of reading Harry Potter. So not like my first run through the series, but kind of on subsequent readings. Um, I love the goblins in Harry Potter. I think they're fascinating. And I think that like, the I think she writes them very poorly in a way that's always bothered me. Um, and so I've always wanted to know a lot more about them and like wish that they had, we had a more like interesting nuanced portrayal of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously it's very topical. Uh, we'll get into this, but um, the Harry Potter series has long been, you know, accused in some corners of the internet of anti-Semitism because of the way goblins are portrayed in Harry Potter and with the new Hogwarts Legacy video game coming out um, that has been very much in in the news uh, because of the the plot of that game. So it seemed like the perfect time to kind of dive into both goblins themselves, goblins and Harry Potter, and this sort of general, um, you know, cloud that has fallen over over them throughout most of, I mean, I would say almost since the beginning of the series. So when, as a reader, did you start to notice the goblins or like develop an affinity for them? It definitely, like I said, it was, it would have been when I was older, because I think we really only get a ton of information about goblins in the seventh. That's when we spend Mm -hmm. more time with grip hook. Um, That's when I think some of the, uh, the anti-goblin bigotry within the world is like really, really apparent. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so it would have been, and I, like I said, I don't even know if I really realized it the first time I read it. So it was probably like in my twenties rereading the books where I was like, huh, this is a really interesting part of this universe that we don't know much about and what we do know is like not fleshed out in a great way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we really don't know we hear all the we don't get any nuance to the actual characters until the last book yeah oh no, yeah. yeah pretty much not at all and even mm-hmm. then what's really from the point of view of one singular goblin mm-hmm. um Who's yes. really the the only? We really only know Griphook, right? Right. Because Griphook is Harry but... Potter's original goblin, and then he shows up again. Original goblin. he's the first. He, literally. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, he's like the original goblin that we meet in Harry Potter um, in uh, Sorcerer's Stone, and then we really don't see much of them for the rest of it if 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 anything it's in passing through um you know history of magic class when they're talking about the goblin rebellions and, and when hermione go- is the- talking about elf rights and well, and the like goblin and the goblins that try to get their money from ludo baggins correct mm-hmm. that's the only other time that we really see them um so ludo baggins baggins so yeah I, baggins. as i was saying that i was like that's not right that's not that's the right sorry. character um <laughs> ludo baggins it is 111th birthday um that but... went right over my head by the way <laughs> and what is, is it bagman 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 oh bagman bagman right that's what they bagman. like make that joke yeah, yeah, at some point yeah 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 um, um okay before before we jump in can i can I tell you guys about goblins? Do you know much about goblins, like outside of Nothing. Harry Potter? No. Nay. Okay. So I want to tell you about goblins. 
And then do you want to talk? I think it'll kind of lead into um, some of the uh, the kind of like anti-Semitism accusations. So we can kind of have all of that in our head as then we go to talk about goblins and the way they're portrayed later. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So goblins are typically found in European folklore. Um, and they started just kind of as like a blanket term for a malevolent or a mischievous fairy creature. But after the publication of The Hobbit in the 1930s, that's kind of where we started thinking about goblins more in the way that like we think about them today, like physically. So, you know, they're humanoid, they're shorter, they have this kind of like bat-like ears, um, a flat or a long and hooked nose. Um, Again, still typically like pretty, pretty bad creatures, pretty unfriendly creatures. Um, they tend to be, we see goblins, um, like if you play D and D and they're pretty still like antagonistic in that series as well. Um, so that's a lot of the, you know, where that kind of stereotypical, like look and personality of goblins comes from. It can really go back to, to Tolkien. Um, I had known more about goblins from this concept of like the goblin market. I don't know if you if that is like a a trope that you're familiar with. Okay, so uh, the goblin market was an 1862 poem by Christina Rossetti, um, and it's about two young sisters, one of whom buys fruit from the goblin market, this kind of like magical fairy tale market, and becomes like addicted to it she starts to waste away and die without it and her sister basically has to like go back to the market kind of trick the creatures into like giving her you know a cure um to save her sister and um there is a a, a contemporary fantasy series that i really really love um it's a uh, the author is Shannon McGuire uh, it's the Wayward, the Wayward Children series. And she has a novel in that series um, called In an Absent Dream, where uh, a young girl is transported to a world called the Goblin Market. And it is a place of really strict rules and deals and debts. So when we're thinking of Harry Potter and the goblins in Harry Potter, and we think about them in terms of being artisans, being bankers, having like really kind of strict views on ownership and debt repayment. Those things are all sort of circling back to this like larger idea of goblins. And a lot of those really go back to Rossetti's goblin market poem. Hmm. It's very cool. It's very strange. I would suggest reading it if you get the opportunity. Um, and I really love that in an absent dream uh, novel as well. So in thinking about them in this sense very wrapped up in you know money and sort of like tradesmanship and things like that that's where we start getting into these claims of like goblins and anti-semitism and so like we've talked about before with like house elves and um you know obviously jk rowling has been accused accused of a lot not just for the current stuff that she says um but things within the harry potter novels right and some of those existed at the time some of those are kind of people going back through and finding things that you know are problematic or maybe we didn't catch the first time um but these claims of anti-semitism have been here for a long time so and i think they probably started popping up around the first movie so like these were definitely conversations i remember having even when i was a pretty you know new reader to the series um 
I also want to give the disclaimer. We not we are not making claims for or against anti-Semitism in the novels. We are not none of us here are Jewish, so we don't have the right to like be making those claims. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just reporting what I have read and what's in the news without either of any of us kind of giving our own opinions on this because it's not appropriate for us to give our opinions on it. Um, so just making making that clear one way or the other. But speaking of the movie. Yes. Are you going to get into the thing that happens in the bank that we see? The thing that happens in the bank. I'm sorry, this is really vague. Also reading up on this. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned like their appearance in the first movie being similar to anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic uh, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they filmed, they filmed Gringotts in an Australian, in an actual bank. Um, and in the scene where they enter Gringotts, there's a giant star of David on the floor. <laughs> I so, so I had read oh. something about that. I have not mm-hmm. seen the movie in a very long time, so they I left it in. Okay. Oh, by accident. They, right. Yeah. 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 So I'm sure that just didn't help. Yeah. So it's like that was like an Easter egg that people really seized upon to be like, wait, no, that's overt. That's an overt connection. Um, and so when we talk Ooh, about John Stewart going off on his podcast about it, it's like, it's like the receipts, like in quote, like the, right. the artifacts were there. Yeah. So I do want to point out before we start jumping too much into it within Harry Potter is like the yeah. connection between anti-Semitism and goblins mm-hmm. isn't new. Like this isn't a Harry Potter thing. This is a, right. this is Pretty like a, a larger conversation. Um, so actually to go back to um, Rossetti's The Goblin Market, there have been critics, like literary critics who have read that as being anti-Semitic, like that being one of the central plot lines of it, you know, arguing that, you know, you have these sort of Jewish coded goblins who are tempting, you know, the the good Christian sisters. And it's a very sort of like morality kind of thing. Um, so those are arguments against it that have been used. So this isn't just like a, Oh, J.K. Rowling thing. Like th- this is also a larger conversation about um, the the stereotype of these creatures and whether they were, you know, kind of based on these anti-Semitic concepts to to begin with. So this is like a larger conversation than than Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, it's thinking of markets for me growing up Catholic I think of the story of Jesus going into the temple of God and the market and flipping the tables because the market was this vestige of greed and like swindling and like and then we know the connection in Catholicism to to Judaism and the accusations there and um yeah it seems like a very like I guess I didn't think of that till right now but it's like a very uh, fertile yeah, <laughs> connection well, and, to draw. And there's a, you know, again, one of the reasons that these um, claims come up a lot are because there are, uh, because of the kind of goblin association with with markets and banking. And this all has a, a historical precedent. So during the Middle Ages, um, the Catholic Church didn't allow Christians to be money lenders. Like that was illegal for the church so basically like the the jewish community stepped into that role because that was a role that still needed to be filled and you had a big group of people who were legally not allowed to do it Mm -hmm. um so that's and then because they were like kind of strong-armed into like taking on this role and obviously uh 
those were not always the most popular, right? Moneylenders are not always historically the most popular people. So you mm-hmm. had kind of an additional reason to be fighting against an already oppressed people. And so that's where all these connections are coming from. And so when people make these claims of anti-Semitism, it is, uh, it's not coming from nowhere, right? Like there, this is all kind of building up. Again, we're not really talking about Harry Potter. We're talking about the concept of goblins in general. Mm. Um, and from from what I can find, to be clear, people have like their opinions are completely all over the place. There is no clear consensus on this, you know, anti-Semitism and Harry Potter. I have, you know, and I was specifically trying to read Jewish writers and like pieces in Jewish publications because, again, like I don't really care what someone who isn't Jewish says about anti-Semitism in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Cause like, what, do, what do they know? Um, and people are all across the board on this uh, to be like, to be honest, a lot of them say no, mm-hmm. or they say like goblins are again, kind of maybe based in anti-Semitism the same way that like, you know, you could argue that like the vampire legends start in this sort of like xenophobic fear of the other right that's where a lot Mm -hmm. of these sort of monster creatures come from they do come from some sort of bigotry that you know then they become widely used characters and some of those associations start to fall away Mm -hmm. um but it's not hard to like trace these characters back to something that or these these uh these like archetypal characters back to something that is bad Mm -hmm. um so Caleb you mentioned earlier that uh uh John Stewart he actually made a comment on his podcast, I think in like, la- I think in 2022, early 2022, that he was watching the movie and and kind of said like jokingly, like, oh, you got to be kidding. Like, this is like so clearly anti-Semitic. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, quoted him and he had to come back and he was like, I, I was joking. Like, I, I'm oh, not. Did he call- say that? He did. He was like, I'm joking. Like, I'm not called, like, I'm specifically uh-huh. not calling J.K. Rowling anti-Semitic. Like, I don't, I don't think she is like, yeah. that's not. And and I did find that a lot of writers, even if they did say like, hey, these goblins are based on, the, you know, there is anti-Semitism wrapped up in the use of goblins. Like, I would say most, if not all of them were like, but we don't think J.K. Rowling is anti-Semitic. Like, we think she's just using a character that is unfortunately rooted in Already anti-Semitism, but she's not like pushing an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. It feels more likely that J.K. kind of just like ignorantly uses an old trope that like she didn't fully understand or flesh out right um because it's been like you know taken over and taken over um but like there's a, there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. there yeah i uh I, I don't think she like the way she described them in the book is a, a little different than how they were portrayed in the movie and I would give her the benefit of the doubt that she, like the movie kind of lays it on thick. I did um, read around and watch some video clips of people kind of dissecting the scenes in the first movie featuring goblins um, and pointing out the the problematic uh, similarities between their portrayal and uh, those propaganda pieces that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And I would like to blame production for that part of it. Like a lot of people said yes to a lot of things without like really without realizing thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I read, you know, Sean, like you, um, I read some, some Jewish writers who wrote thought pieces and one that stuck out to me the most 
uh, was titled, I am begging you all to please shut up about the Harry Potter Jew goblins. <laughs> oh, I think you put that in our notes, right? Yeah. That's that one, yeah. And they're like, they're like, listen, there's nothing overtly stated to tie this trope to Jews in this franchise. Therefore, like you extrapolating from that point to that point, that's what's anti-Semitic. <laughs> and yeah. the quote, yeah, actually I won't read the quote, but um, <laughs> it's like, can't these goblins just be these goblins? Like, I mean, is that, what do you guys think of that? I will say that when I was looking through, because I read a bunch of articles on it, um, there were there were a lot of articles written by non-Jewish writers claiming anti-Semitism in a way where I was like, I was like, I don't think you really are the person to write about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I do, I want, again, like not truly not coming down on a side because I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what was in her head when she did it. And again, I'm, I, I don't have the knowledge or background to, understand microaggressions for you know within mm. this community um i i will just say that i did I, re- I read a lot of pieces that had fairly nuanced views on it and some of the pieces that i would say did not have very nuanced views were not written by jewish writers <laughs> very interesting. interesting so yeah. um but i wanted to bring it up because i don't because it it has been uh, so I said these claims have been around for like years and years at this point, but there have been a ton lately because of this Hogwarts legacy game. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the game? Because I honestly have no idea. OK, about so the it's, game. No, it's not released yet. Um, it's it's coming out, I think, in February of this year. And it is kind of it, it's like an RPG, like a role playing game. Um, it's not set in our modern time. It's no characters that we know. It's set in like the like late 1800s. During the Goblin Rebellion. During right? the Goblin Rebellion. Um, so it is basically um your character, whatever your, you know, you and your friends at Hogwarts are basically fighting against the leader of the Goblin Rebellion who has teamed up with like a dark wizard to basically like take down the ma- the ministry and wizard kind and whatever. Now my qu- so obviously the people were like, so <laughs> And this is like, and again, like, regardless of like what end of the spectrum you fall on, like, you cannot be unaware that these conversations have been happening. So like, I don't know, maybe you just like, don't make the goblins the main antagonist of your game. Like, that just seems like that seems easy to do. It seems harder for you to set your game back in the 1890s to make the goblin rebellion your enemy. But that's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah, like to, it seems regardless of who the antagonist is specifically as a creature or character, it seems a little toned off at this point in time to have the player fight on behalf of the supremacist. It's oh, <laughs> trying to take away the rights. A wizard in the game fighting Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's so dumb. It seems oh. You should at least be given the choice, I guess. <laughs> like, to say it's in poor taste is like does not go far enough it's the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing i've ever heard and it is just like i need you to read a single room uh, and just not do it it sucks because i want to play it but i'm 
but damn it, guys. Oh, I really just thought that you were going to just be like goblins. Yeah. No, goblins are the bad guys. Like specifically, goblins rebelling against like the supremacist wizards the supremacist. are the bad guys. They're We're your the enemies. Fascists. We're the fascists <laughs> always. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, that doesn't land. Mm-hmm. It doesn't I'll feel good. No. Uh, so that's part of the reason I've been thinking about goblins a lot lately because yeah. this game was announced in like 2020 I think so it's mm-hmm. it's been going through the rounds on the internet as we get more and more information um and even all of that every everything we just talked about aside like I said in the beginning I love the I love goblins and I'm fascinated by goblins and like I don't want to play a game where the goblins are like my number one big bad enemy I also just don't want them as enemies, like, because they're so powerful, which we'll get into. Man. Yikes. So let's, let's say, let's use this as a segue. Okay, so now we understand conceptually, we know where goblins come from in folklore. Mm -hmm. We, we know why there are certain associations with goblins because of folk, because of folklore. We understand this larger conversation around anti-semitism in the books but i do want in the same way that we talked about this with house elves i do want us to put that aside i wanted to talk about that in the upfront because i i don't think at this point you can talk about goblins in harry potter without addressing that um because it's been such a conversation piece but i don't want anything we talk about within the conversation about the books like i don't want it to sound like in any way we are referring to that because again like we are talking about completely fictional creatures here and they are not meant to represent any like actual people group so i want to like be clear like that converse like we have closed the door on that conversation mm-hmm. and it I do is wanna, not yeah i do want to issue one more warning to folks who think about goblins at all is just no matter how frustrated you get with your pajama clad little brother don't wish for the goblin king to come take him away oh yeah it's a don't do it oh i should have mentioned that so it'll you're right. happen I was shocked that the labyrinth wasn't mentioned, so I just felt like I should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because that's like a that's like a completely different thing, too. Oh, and I don't even, I mean, those are Muppet goblins. They're their own species. So scary. They're <laughs> so funny. They're like so haphazardly put together. And then David Bowie with his what's his name? Jareth? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I hate these. I just Googled them. Oh, I hate them. Oh. It's, it's just like Lucius Malfoy looking motherfucker running around. Thank you for the warning. Plug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shawnee, thank you for so eloquently closing yeah. that door. I think it's right to acknowledge that and then also um, move past it because of all of the points made previously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. um cool all right so caleb do you want to tell us about harry potter goblins so again totally we're in universe now inverse titled it hp gobs i know i like i was just gonna say i really love that they are labeled hp gobs hpgobs.com um not safe for work um okay so i checked out pottermore wiki books Harry Potter lexicon to find some basic information about goblins as we interact with them in the books. Um, We already mentioned like their appearance and stuff in the movies. Um, 
I also did some reading on MuggleNet for more background information. So I want to start with part of a quote. Um, so when we we meet goblins in uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, um, but we don't get too much background information on them until characters, till the Weasleys give us some more background. So um, this is a quote from Bill Weasley, just to illustrate, um, I guess like the wizard goblin divide. Um, so Bill says, we are talking about a different breed of being. Dealings between wizards and goblins have been fraught for centuries. There has been fault on both sides. I would never claim that wizards have been innocent. However, there's a belief among some goblins and those at Gringotts are perhaps most prone to it that wizards cannot be trusted in matters of gold and treasure, that they have no respect for goblin ownership. So we've already mentioned, um, Sean, you mentioned goblin ownership. Uh, we mentioned goblin craftsmanship, um, that they are in control of the banks. So based on what I read, um, goblins, because they are craftsmen and metal workers or metallurgists, um, they create wizard currency. So they make all the galleons, nuts and sickles and whatever. Um, and I guess it could be kind of a natural progression for them to be in control of tendering that money. Um, so what I read on, on Harry Potter lexicon is that they're like somehow, it said that they're like in charge of the economy, which doesn't make any sense to me. But um, we know that they play a large role in the economy um, and also that they, as we find out throughout the books, uh, the later books, they make like really beautiful armors and they made the sort of Godric Gryffindor um, and they probably made the cup, the Huffle, is it the cup of Hufflepuff? Is oh. that big cup? The, no, it's a cup. It's that important cup? cup. The Huffle cup. Huffle cup. The Huffle cup. They probably the made that. Cup. Hufflepuff cup. Uh, anywho, so they're super smart. They're a race of small hominids. They speak gobbledygook. They are metal. Smiths. I don't know why I like wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> they're a race of small hominids. <laughs> I'm just now just reading through my bullet points. Um, okay, so, so those are the basics. Uh, now, let's talk about why there was so much contention between the wizards and goblins. So what I mean, what's what are what are what's y'all's take based on your knowledge? Why were wizards so threatened by goblins? Um goblins have a lot of magic that wizards have not unlocked um in terms of just like what we had already talked about. Um had their like a, their affinity with building and metal and um creating like magically imbued objects um is like really powerful and something that wizards don't seem to have the same affinity or skill or knowledge of how to do um and I, my assumption is that wizards feared that if goblins were allowed to learn wand lore and understand um the use of magic through wands then they would become more powerful than wizards themselves I would also assume that sort of like house elves, wizards look down on goblin magic. And so they don't, they don't bother to learn more about it the same way that house elves are right. really powerful, but wizards kind of dismiss where that power comes from um, with the goblins, because wizards obviously see them as much more of a threat than house elves. So the idea that they have this sort of unknown 
power that wizards don't really know the extent of, I'm sure that is also very threatening. Definitely. Yeah. So um, at the root of some of the most intense goblin rebellions, or rather, um, this is the one I can remember reading about in like 1625, um, wizards prohibited goblins from carrying wands. Now, goblins don't need wands, but they were like, fuck that. Does that mean that goblins, there was a time when goblins were just walking around, like using magic with wands? Thinking it was the principle of the thing or something. Like, I, I wonder, I'm not sure. What I read is that they didn't need, that they have their own type of magic and they can use it without a wand. Right. Um, but I that think, wizard, go ahead. So I am wondering if like, because it's the same thing with households, right? They're not allowed to use wands. They're not allowed mm-hmm. to have a wand. Um, even with being able to use magic without the wand, and we know that there are certain wizards, like uh, like what it was, the one school like doesn't, basically doesn't use doesn't use wands, use wands. Like they, they mostly practice wandless magic um i do think wands are probably still pretty powerful in like focusing and channeling right. their magic so it would mm-hmm. like even if goblins don't it would make it more efficient technically need it yeah they it just might make them more powerful at focusing their own magic which wizards would not want yeah i, I wonder right. if wands like freed up brain space to do other things (laughs) so you could just like easily channel your magic and then like i don't know right i mean and and in this in the scene when like we we learn from ron right that like there's a lot of you know kind of that wizarding i don't know like misunderstanding of like what goblins actually want Mm -hmm. um and their type of magic um when you know grip hook says something about wanting you know wizards not allowing them to carry wands or whatever and um and not being willing to share their magic um and ron's like well you're not willing to share your magic with us and he's like Mm. that's not the point (laughs) it's not the point he's right it's not the point (laughs) like the and so like and it just shows like even you know it's just like ron's the only and hermione and harry right don't make that comment because they weren't raised in the wizarding world Ron was um, because he's so like and it's so just kind of indoctrinated of like well they don't need ones because they have their own magic well and Um, very very specifically Ron wasn't just raised in the wizarding world like his brother works at Gringotts alongside goblins right Mm -hmm. and says that he has maybe not friends but goblins he knows and likes well (laughs) Mm. which is very cool thanks Bill thanks Bill (laughs) so neat when I read that quote from Bell, I completely forgot he worked at Gringotts. Yeah, he's a treasure. He's a curse breaker. For, curse breaker, yeah. Um, That's Gringotts. saying something that you can like work with, uh, with people in their like full spectrum of their humanity and not see past your own indoctrination. Right. That speaks to the divide. For sure, right? And I think that's the point that was always trying to come across, um, especially throughout the book series that like wizards and goblins probably could never really figure out a way to like coexist in any kind of non kind like non-confrontational way because there's so much distrust from both wizards and goblins that uh, there's no way to really break that yeah but it's almost sorry go ahead no sorry you can say what you're saying I, I was actually just asking like can you 
Walk us through the Goblin Rebellions, though, because as much as there's distrust on both sides, just from my skimming your notes and like the kind of offhand comments we get in the books, it does seem like wizards are always like the bad guys. In oh, the totally. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I wanted to speak to just like a little light bulb I just had um, and then get into that. I'm wondering if because wizards knew they couldn't like subjugate goblin magic, if the wand code thing was just like a flex. Oh, I'm sure. Because they couldn't, I, I think it seems like it was a flex and like kind of like spitting in your face um, because the goblins still had enough space power and autonomy to run the banks. So it's like a symbolic measure of control, but not an actual measure of control. And that seems like a really, that makes sense as a long running source of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Which now point. that I say that it doesn't sound as profound, but um, no, but I think you're right. I mean, I think, right. A lot of the, a lot of kind of where it comes from is that like wizards, they're just like, they want to exert some form of power over these beings that like, they don't feel like they have control over. Um, but they want to at least like make a show that they do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if that doesn't actually like really mean a whole lot, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, they, wizards for centuries, right, made it clear that they think that they are here and wizards and goblins are here, even though their magics are quite logically equally as powerful. Yeah. I wish we could, like, if this was like a real world, get like an actual like view of the points on both sides of things about like, like maybe the wizards were like, well, the goblins don't care about the statute of secrecy. And so we are threatened by like blah, 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 Mm -hmm. but we don't know these things. Um, So the goblin rebellions, uh, there were several goblin, goblin rebellions throughout history um, in the, mostly in the 17th and 18th centuries. and they're described in the books as bloody and vicious. So Sean, you mentioned early on, we learn about these through um, history of magic classes. Um, we also learn about them through, what is it? What are the exams that they take? The OWLs? Oh, and the um, Yeah, yeah. So uh, some of the knowledge online comes from like Harry re- reads a question um, in his, Uh, I guess, history of magic exam. The first question, he skips it, um, is like, do you think that uh, wizards outlawing wand use among goblins like led to the goblin rebellion of blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know, I skipped that question. Um, But that gives us some insight into the history a little bit. Um, So there were some goblin revolts against discrimination and prejudice toward their kind um, by wizards and witches. Uh, We don't know when that started, but we can guess that it was always. Um, And uh, the rebellions might have occurred because of a lack of goblin representation at the wizened gamut. So later on in ministry history, so like in verse, um, there is like a part of the ministry, what's it called? 
the Goblin Liaison Office of the Department for the Regulation mm. and Control of Magical Creatures in the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Um, so goblins are somewhat represented in government, but they're not represented in like this. How would we describe the whizzing gamut? Uh, I what was, is that? It feels like it's like almost like parliament. Yeah, I was going to say it's like their, I thought it was like their main like kind of like lawmaking. Like Congress. Body. Yeah. Right? Like it's. Because Dumbledore's in it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably based on something like that, right? Especially since we're in the UK, it's probably based off of like, I don't totally understand how like MPs work and parliament and all that, but Mm -hmm. I bet it's based off of that. The levers of justice. Uh, So they don't have access to that. So they're not represented where it actually counts. Right. Um, So like the Goblin Liaison Office is like Dirk Cresswell is supposedly the voice of the goblins for wizards. Oh my gosh. Well, And also like rough. We like kind of talked about this when we did our episode on like vampires, werewolves, and ghosts because vampires are also fall under that like magical creatures umbrella. Right. And I don't know. I get. They don't have a liaison office. They don't have a liaison office. But like, I I guess all those things are technically true. But there also feels something gross about calling them magical creatures because I do think that like there's an implication there of like lower intelligence or lower status Creature. or like it. Cre- yeah, like. The word creature applied mm-hmm. to like a, a like living, intelligent, like magical using like being feels super weird and gross. Yeah. Also, like that they're all just lumped together. It's like wizards and like everybody else. Wizards yeah. and creatures. Wizards right. and creatures <laughs> like sounds bad. It it is it is bad. Um, does wizard, to... does magical beings feel more inclusive? But that would be everybody. Yeah. Because like, like wizards are magical beings. That's what I'm saying. Does that feel yeah, more that would be That would be fine. I just think creatures right. maybe is not the term I would have chosen. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's one of the things that like wizards do on purpose, right? Is oh, yeah. So that totally. they're like purposefully trying to like other themselves in a like in a, to make themselves superior in some sort of way um, by only giving themselves any kind of semblance of power. It's funny because like power, I guess it's like wizards. True strength is being able to pass as muggles. So their true strength is muggles. Muggles. (laughs) Like, like they got the numbers. I don't know. That's a dumb hot take, but like, no, I mean, it's like, I'm wondering what the true strength of wizards is society i mean Local what's society. humans true strength right our our strength society. is that like we build systems and fight about it a lot well we don't i guess <laughs> we don't know if it's like a numbers game like we don't know how many goblins there are right like they could have just been overwhelmed by you know in, in a fight if there were just more wizards right that's possible mm-hmm. um like you said caleb like they still they still have a lot of power in this world. So again, that I, I, because we don't really know anything about like goblin origin, kind of like with house elves, right? Like, like mm-hmm. we don't, we don't go back so far. Like, I don't know the history of goblins specifically in the Harry Potter universe. Like, I don't know where this like interaction with humans started in the same way that like, we don't know when house elves started being like 
enslaved like yeah. we, don't, we don't know what that looks like we don't know what that first interaction that led to that looks like we don't know what early human goblins interaction looked like to have them have such an antagonistic relationship but also have wizards be like pretty heavily reliant on goblins for like a lot of their magical society mm-hmm. i wonder if like <laughs> i'm feeling these beers now and i'm aware that you two are sober <laughs> The goblins have like really long fingers. Yeah. No, no, keep going. <laughs> Maybe right. they just like lacked the fine motor skills to like make put their own buttons on their clothes and stuff. And so they like needed the wizards. So <laughs> like, like I think the, the reason that like they get like I think they are specifically so good at making like such intricate like magical instruments though is because of like the way that they are built but what if they can't handle buttons lisa i know what caitlin's saying <laughs> oh okay like, i could have done it if it wasn't for you damn wizards and your short dexterous fingers uh maybe <laughs> we're saying we don't know we're just offering theory right yeah <laughs> I, I i think and you know what because we will never know i think no theory is off the table i agree thank you right yeah. Uh, we're 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 currently in just like brainstorming sesh right now so yeah. i think you know everything goes i there think no that's all ideas. i have about that's all i have about the goblin rebellions <laughs> there's more there's more written oh well, goblin uh ownership yeah i was gonna say i want to talk about goblin ownership because i think it's so interesting and i apologize right you, you both have done all of the research for this episode i'm just i'm just here um but (laughs) like i think i think goblin ownership is so interesting and it's something that like only starts to come out in book four Hmm. right do you remember where well it's not necessarily the ownership capacity but like um how goblins hold people to debts Right. Oh, um, Ludo Baggins. You see that with Ludo Baggins. <laughs> Ludo Baggins, yeah. um, the fifth cousin. He's of the, you know, he's the Sackville Baggins. Yeah. Um, but, but we see that Ludo Bagman, right? He's fucking so skittish the entire book um, because he owes the go- he owes a group of goblins like an unreasonable amount of money. Um, so much so that at the end of the book, he basically goes into hiding because he can't pay them. They show up to the tournament. Yeah, trying to, to collect their debt. Yeah, trying to oh collect their debt. Oh my god! Yeah, and they're they, like, like from New Jersey. <laughs> I, I know. I always pictured them as being these like real like Jersey goons. <laughs> right. I picture. Yeah, I definitely picture more of just like old mobsters. <laughs> like just they're at kneecap level. Trench coats yeah. and fedora caps. <laughs> um, but like, I think it's interesting when we start hearing about it in the seventh book, when Bill really starts talking about the ownership of of like the tiara that uh, Muriel lent to Floor, and he says that goblins typically don't view purchasing as a full time forever purchase it's more of like a rental and it should once the like purchaser dies that object should go back to the goblin who they purchased it from or or whatever um 
And what's interesting is how many wizards don't understand that. Um, it's like, yeah, Bill only seems to understand it because he works with goblins. I Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder if like wizard magic is not of really imbuing objects with like an imprint of the creator as much as goblin magic is like wizards right. have like horcruxes they can like split their soul put it into an object but maybe goblin magic is like more i don't know connected to the object itself i also think right. it's it, it's obviously also just a big cultural difference like that's almost the way it's described like it's just mm-hmm. um, totally it's just like a different in thought difference in thought mm-hmm. and what's frustrating when you read that is that like they that opinion is not wrong, right? Like that's in their culture. That's how it works. Their, you know, ownership goes back to the artisan, the creator. And like the way Bill sort of says it, it's like as though that's like this crazy thing. And it might be- He dismisses it. He's really dismissive. And like, yeah, that might be crazy to wizards, but it's not crazy to goblins. And you are the ones like buying their shit. So you do kind of almost have to play by their rules. Mm -hmm. Like there is no acknowledgement like of goblin culture as a culture that is as important to them as wizard culture is to wizards. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and I think it's so evident that there's, you know, a ton of goblin, there's a ton of erasure when it comes to like goblin history um, and and how they're taught. Right. You know, Ron makes a comment of like, no, that sword belongs to Harry because it appeared to him and it's Godric Gryffindor's sword. He's like, no, 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 no. That Mm -hmm. sword was not made for Godric Gryffindor. It was made for what's his name? Like, Narg the Flurg, like the first or something. Yeah. Um. And it was stolen by Godric Gryffindor, right? So, like this this sword that has so much, it's basically like a holy artifact, like an NFT, right? Like, oh yeah, it's like a really important goblin NFT that (laughs) they just need to get back. That's such a great. Goblins are like, this is non-fungible. This This is non-fungible. Thank you for that that very topical way of explaining The blockchain. And I understand it even less now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think you would have understood the concept more after that, but. (laughs) Nope. Uh, One thing I can tell you about me is if you ever want me to stop listening, start talking about (laughs) cryptocurrency. Do you think, hold on, sorry, this is a side tangent. Do you think yes. goblins are involved in magical cryptocurrency? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Or do yes. you think they're like, Except no, that I or do you think like they're they smart in... and they're like, no, this is oh, not going to last? They're way smarter, but the, they smart. got involved in it just to make sure that wizards got really deeply involved in it. Yeah. And then they all got fucked. Yeah, and then they pulled out their investments and it crashed. Yeah, and they have all the gold. (laughs) Crypto (laughs) seems like a bullshit wizard thing, and goblins are like, "You're the dumbest shits ever." Like stupid. Like, God, I just I can't I can't I don't understand. And people who into cryptocurrency never want to stop talking about it, and I don't understand. I understood less before you started talking. Or I understood more before you started talking than when I did when you finished. 
Well, you don't have to worry about cryptocurrency now because spoiler alert, like it's not worth anything anymore. So thank God that my, period of our lives are done. God. It's been my favorite story to track for like two years because I'm like, this is kind of end poorly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And the fall from grace, it makes me happy. It makes me is happy. That, yeah. It's, well, hopefully it means it's done. And I don't ever have to listen to men tell me about cryptocurrency again. No, but wizards were definitely crypto bros. Like I just see, I god. see that for them. Oh god, the Malfoys, Draco Malfoy is a crypto bro. Draco Malfoy think- lost oh, all of his Lucius money. And Lucius is embarrassed by it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Bring it back. Bring, circle bring it back. back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Sort of Patrick Gryffindor. But yeah, so it's like this like artifact that is arguably like, a, a you know, a holy the relic. Blockchain. <laughs> to the to wizard the wizarding community in in England at least um the they don't know anything about it they don't know nobody knows where it came from they don't you think know. they would have talked about it well, well of course they wouldn't hmm. right nobody would want to would want to know that their huge savior murdered a goblin to steal their sword um but yeah i've always thought that the I agree with you, Sean. I think that I've always thought that the the idea behind the like some of the culture points of how the goblins were like presented to us was super interesting. And then it was kind of executed kind of like because it's executed from such a totally wizard standpoint, which makes sense. But right, it was wizard but cult. she doesn't like. But she doesn't give them a champion the way that like Hermione champions the house elves and makes us like rethink the wizard point of view on house elves. Um, instead, we like it, it would be like if we had no character like Hermione. And so we were just like, wow, the house elves just like love being enslaved by wizards. Look how happy they are. Mm-hmm. They're so um, happy. Yeah. So it's because we don't have anyone, not even Bill, the one character who I guess theoretically is like the most sympathetic towards the goblins like no one is standing up for them or sort of like pushing back against like the party the british the like uh wizard party line or at minimum treating them like equals mm-hmm. right like not even standing up right like you know goblins don't need a savior but it would be nice if literally anyone treated them with right respect and like on a level that was equal to them it's really interesting, like, so we, the the reader, we're experiencing this world through Harry's lens, and um, in the last book, like, in the fourth book, we have the death of innocence with Cedric, and then in the last book, we're learning more about wizard relations with goblins and things like that, and we really get it given to us straight that, like, wizards are taking advantage of these other species and oppressing them. Um, they don't really need a champion at that, like Grip Hook's just like telling it like it is. And he's yeah. like, fuck all y'all. Um, and so it's almost like another layer of death of innocence when we find out that Godric Gryffindor's sword is stolen, like the sword of Camelot from the stone. Like it mm-hmm. actually was stolen from another culture. Um, that continues to be oppressed, which is just like a layer of guilt. And then fast forward to the Battle of Hogwarts. It's like, who turns the tide in this last battle? They win the battle when the other 
magical creatures in quotes like House Elves and Centaurs, Centaurs Comet. Yeah, and it like it changes the whole thing. And it's like I'd never really thought about this before, but it's like kind of like burst the bubble on wizard supremacy right there without changing the structures of power. Right. Well, and I think that it would be something that would be interesting, like from a goblin standpoint, like I think that goblins would recognize the need to have a wizard be their voice to Mm -hmm. be able to get their rights off the ground. Right. Like they would like essentially on, they would willingly partner with wizards because they would have to by necessity not because they actually want to like even when grip hook agreed to work with um the trio because basically because harry hand buried dobby yeah um and treated him like an equal grip hook didn't really know like it like she even writes it in there basically the description is that like grip hook like wasn't necessarily like praising him for it he was just like you're a that fucking weird. weird boy, Harry Potter. You're fucking weird, man. <laughs> you're a weirdo. And I'll work with you because you're weird. I think that he, because Grip Hook's reason for going is he was going to take the sword of Gryffindor, right? That was the, that was right, the trade. The I'll deal. help you get into Gringotts if you give me the sword. And obviously we know that Harry was planning on tricking him. He was planning on giving him the sword eventually and bill kind of warns him like whatever deal you made like it's not gonna go the way you think it's gonna go like you're essentially like you're a dumb boy and you're not clever enough for this deal that you're going through but i i almost think that like grip hook watching harry bury dobby made him think like maybe he will actually give me the sword right like it it wasn't like i try like it wasn't like i like him like i don't respect him anymore but like maybe if this is how he deals with other magical creature you know non-wizard magical creatures like maybe he'll play it straight with me Mm. yeah i think it was the reason why he even entertained the conversation at all um i mean and even hermione's like harry are you fucking kidding me this like magical being who just says that wizards are made of garbage because they always trick they always try to trick people out of their belongings and you're about to do the same thing that's not good bad bad harry I mean, that's like a string of like not Harry's best moments, though, right? Because it oh, starts with absolutely. that, then he goes the into whole... Gringotts, he's imperioing people. Like, that is oh like God. a dark spot in Harry Potter's personal background. You know, <laughs> it's not it's not the best. I mean, he really does just go down a dark spiral there. What I did want to talk about, though, was I think part of the reason that I was always so frustrated with the way goblins are portrayed in this, as opposed to like again, these other non-wizard magical creatures, these house elves or the centaurs or whatever, is that out of all of those, it seems to me at least that JK really doesn't like goblins and she doesn't write it like she likes them. So no, like, she doesn't. So even with house elves, like obviously you have all these characters who say kind of terrible things about house elves. They're in this like, you know, weird position where like they are being enslaved they like do seem to like it as we talked about in our house health episodes we are you know we kind of you know guess that it was something kind of culturally that they were just more of a um a culture of like community and helping each other and this was something wizards took advantage of but she definitely writes them in a way where like she clearly has fondness for these characters 
I don't think she likes goblins and I don't think Mm. she gives us any reason in her writing to believe that she has any sympathy for goblins. So even as you say, like, okay, um, you know, the sword was, we find out the sword was actually stolen. Like she'll, Mm. like, she'll have characters admit straight out, like wizards have done bad shit to goblins. Like it hasn't been great for them. We don't treat them well. But the way that she portrays her goblin characters is like mm-hmm. completely as just like kind of bad guys without nuance. And so it, I, I have trouble there. Like, like you said, the only real goblin character we ever know is Griphook. Uh-huh. He's like the first goblin we meet. And then he's, you know, obviously plays a big part in the seventh book. But like, he's never a good guy. Like for him being he's our only like- goblin, he's a, he's a bad yeah, guy. Like I, I pulled a quote from um, Sorcerer's Stone. So it's when uh, Harry goes to Gringotts for the first time with Hagrid and they're going to um, uh, Vault 713 to get the, the Sorcerer's Stone. And he's- Allegedly. And, oh, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> and Griphook says, like he has to like kind of like do this weird thing where he like strokes the door with his like- Uh, yeah 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 and he says he's like dog hands (laughs) and he's like if anyone besides a a, um a goblin tries to open the vault like they're gonna get sucked in and they'll get trapped there and harry says well like how often do you check the gate to check the vault and the quote from the book is about once every 10 years said grip hook with a rather nasty grin and like that is like the that is like our only real interaction with him until then years later where he is still described as like untrustworthy and bloodthirsty he like seems to take real enjoyment over harry like imperioing these people and like being in this you know situation where like people are in danger um we see because they keep the like blinded dragon uh locked up in gringotts which is really sad and he like is like totally cool with that he's just like yeah we just like bring out the clankers yeah like he's just like a he's like a mean bad character who seems to have like no real redeeming qualities. And because he's the only goblin that we know, we're never shown like a good goblin, even though again, these are portrayed as being like an oppressed, like an oppressed people who have just spent centuries fighting like wizard supremacy. That's how much he doesn't need us to like him is he's not presented as a sympathetic character. I, I mean, which I, what, what were you going to say, Lisa? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. And the only other goblins that we see are the ones shaken down Ludo Bagman. So yeah. That's so good. I Except found for it... the other one that's like running away and he gets murdered. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sad. Uh, so, and ta- Ted Tonks. I read a really interesting oh. article written by a Dr. Beatrice Groves, who I haven't looked into too much, um, but she. Um, has written pretty extensively on like, like she wrote pieces like Harry Potter in Shakespeare literature. Like she's written a bunch about the Harry Potter universe. Harry Potter and, in Shakespeare or? Uh, <laughs> let me scroll down to the bottom of this article. Anyway, this person is, an, is a really great writer and has written several thought pieces um, connecting this verse to things like Shakespeare and Sherlock Holmes and um, other uh, versus, um, but she wrote an article and took a quote 
from an interview that Rowling gave that was unpublished. Um, and so Rowling says in this interview, I've never really told the goblin story. It just sort of bubbles under, but I see them as a really sort of active political force. Um, so I find that to be not necessarily at odds with your take, Sean, that she doesn't like them, but that they're like a really compelling and powerful creature or group of people that just, they didn't get their like due justice in her telling of the story. And I hope that in the video game, what's it called? Legends? Uh, Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy, I think. Legacy. I hope they are given some sympathetic characters and heroes and other backstory. Cause God but we're damn. fighting them. That's not, I, don't think I that's wonder happen. maybe it's nuanced. What I, what I don't want though, <laughs> is I, I don't want good goblin characters who are only good because like they fight on they besides fight with wizards. the wizards. Oh yeah. You're yeah. Good, Do you know what I call. mean? Like absolutely good call. Maybe the wizard that you're playing against then gets converted to work with the goblins. That oh. would be fine. Me if that oh. was like if you have the option to do that, like if you can fight on behalf of the goblin rebellion, like I will rethink the game. Yeah. We'll hear, we'll wait for reviews. And if somebody wants to remake the game uh because of this podcast, please do. Oh, yeah. God. You can have all this for free. Yeah. All of our ideas for free. Everything's free. Please change your game. <laughs> we'll pay you. <laughs> we'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, Sean, I'm interested in some of your takes down here. Sure. Is it that wizards are shit all the time? Yeah. They're made of garbage, yeah. They're um, dumb. Very dumb. Most, mostly the teaming up bit. I, yes, I, <laughs> I believe that all non mat or they are magical creatures non-wizard magical creatures should team up and i think they should overtake the ministry <laughs> and i think wizards should not be in charge anymore and you know what they can work with the muggles because as i've already said on our muggles episode i think wizards are bullshit to them too yeah yeah i think wizards are across the board the worst people <laughs> yeah they're not great they're not great they're not great and so I have a lot of sympathy and affection for the goblins because they are sort of like the strongest antagonists wizards have and the ones who are like perhaps the most capable of overthrowing the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that They're I have, certainly so the I ones them. that have the most motivation, right? Like yeah. the fucking centaurs are just like, the moon's bright tonight. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you guys know how I feel about the centaurs. Like, I still want them helpful. I want them to be free of wizard supremacy, but like I do not need to talk to them. <laughs> Maybe oh. if they're free of wizard supremacy, they'll get out of their own butts and like go travel the world. They're so annoying. It's not a centaur episode. We we digress. We'll get there. But like the go- I think the goblins, the goblins are like our best shot. They're the strongest. They have the most motivation. They seem like pretty committed to the goal <laughs> they seem smarter yeah yeah i bet they have underground societies and they're just like fuck wizards this is our side hustle i also do kind of think that like i kind of feel like and it i always kind of got the impression that goblins were one of the things that like jk flushed out a little bit more than she wrote in the books but not enough to like really make them well-rounded you know mm-hmm. yeah I think that's what's so frustrating to me about like the way Griphook is portrayed because like 
she kind of has all these really interesting Easter eggs about goblins everywhere. Like we hear about the goblin rebellion constantly, even if it's just like in passing, we like Bill straight up admits like, yeah, we don't treat goblins well. well. Like, you know, we have all these kind of cultural differences. Like we have a somewhat antagonistic relationship. Like all these pieces are there in the same kind of way with like house elves, like, Characters will say, like, we don't treat house elves right. Like, it's not right that this is the way they're they're treated, like they're abused. Um, but like, whereas we have like a lot of really sympathetic house elf characters, like, after all that, why is our one goblin character just yeah. like not like not a cool guy? Doesn't seem mm-hmm. to have any redeeming qualities. Yeah. Like I just think there could have been a lot more nuance because we spent a decent amount of time with Grip Hook in the seventh book like I don't know I I think there was there was more time to be to be spent there there was more complications that could have gone into his character and his interactions with the trio um Mm -hmm. as opposed to like kind of hinting that maybe we're gonna get that but like at the same time they're they're all sort of like they're working with him but like they all clearly find it very distasteful like they don't like him and he does not seem to be a a good like moral person. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, do we have any lasting goblin? Yeah. Long live Griphook. Wherever he Long is out there, I hope oh, he's crushing yeah, he it. Well, he and also, I want to paint a lives, picture. He? Yeah, he does. He just runs away with the sword of God, Godric Gryffindor, right? I want to paint no, a picture. No, hold on. No, because Neville gets the sword at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, I know. That's the picture. It's a I'm fake painting. sword, right? No, he takes the actual sword. He runs away with it. And then just magic takes it back? Magic takes it back. Oh, I'd be so pissed if I were him. Right? I'd be like, That's I'm staging another I'm rebellion. Like, now picture this. Grip hook, like, ha ha ha, I finally got the sword back for the goblins. Fuck. I, I didn't... Fucking, fucking I, kid from Hogwarts <gasps> got it again. Yo, the goblin magic and the wizard magic is the same magic, and they just don't realize it the whole time. But the goblin magic is still in contract with the wizard magic. Does it make any sense? Like if the the only, so we've been talking about goblin magic as though it's separate from wizard magic, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they have a stronger mm -hmm. magic. But if the sword is to appear to a worthy Gryffindor, that speaks to there being some kind of magical contract between Godric Gryffindor and whoever forged the sword. And it makes it seem like the same magic. that the wizards just did that like change the magic of like the magical agreement after it was forged. I don't think he ever had a magical agreement. He stole it he from stole another it. Maybe, goblin. Maybe it's like an elder wand situation. Oh, interesting. Mm. But that is a good, that is a good point though. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like the sword, the whole point of the sword of Gryffindor is that it like shows up to Gryffindors in need. Yeah. God, it's so know what's fucking ridiculous pissed if I is that, like, <laughs> You know, Ravenclaw's diadem doesn't just show up. That would be really inconvenient for Voldemort as a Horcrux. My God. What if it also, showed up like on him? Just like, <laughs> bing. like, how mad would you be as a Ravenclaw if you're just like, they got a sword in need. And like in my my moment of need, I had like a crown on my head. Yeah, because it's the superior house. Just saying. Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. <laughs> How do we end this episode? <laughs> I think we should end it. That's it. We're done. If anyone has non-sexual grip hook fanfic, I would like to read it. 
Uh, oh, heavy, heavy emphasis on the non-sexual. <laughs> yeah, non-sexual domestic life goblin fanfic. I want to know about their mundane day-to-day. Okay, if it's sexy, you can send it to Caleb. I feel like that's what the they're about to ask stuff. for. Yeah, I want the specifically send it to Caleb. Make sure if you're sending it in the email that we never check, really like care of mm. Caleb. Address DM it. Me. Address it to them. Please don't send it to. I, listen, I don't. I don't it. We don't want to look me. at it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll brief the team. <laughs> Great. They'll do anyway. if, it's really, if it's good. They'll hey. do. A, we'll do an extra episode and they'll do a dramatic reading of it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Um, anyway, amazing. All right, y'all. We're Thank you. Gonna, gonna leave, but we should tell you about the places where you could reach us first because we forgot how to do this. It's been a few weeks. Yes. Um. Instagram. Yes, Insta. you can find us on Instagram at Watch Your Harry Podcast, mm-hmm. sure. or you can email us, you fools, at um, WatchYourHarryPod at gmail dot com. Huh? Maybe next episode we'll do a live recording of us checking our email. Agreed. It's going to be yeah, like a, just thinking that a million spam. It's just one. We'll go, it'll be the longest spams. episode yet, and it will be inconsequential. <laughs> We'll just be unsubscribing uh, from but our did. own hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make us happy. Some of you guys do send us stuff on Instagram, and we do really like that. So we do like yes, that. Thank please, you. Please send us that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and as always, if you want to um, help the podcast, you can uh, rate. You can subscribe. You can rate and review us on Apple Pod. All of those things are really cool and really helpful, and we're really appreciative of those of you who have already done that. Yeah, tell oh, yeah. tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your dog. Yeah. Yeah, your this dog. is great because if you like us, you can tell your friends. And if you hate us, you can tell your enemies. And we'll be happy either way. Either way. because yes. We're not it's, picky about who listens. Right. Oh, yeah. We're here for it. Okay. Well, Goodbye. thanks, y'all. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen, and Caleb Kelleher. Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.